So this is Anna and you did, I think one month LSAT with me back in September of 2022. That was a fun month because it's one of the smallest months I've ever done. There were only, I think four or five of you. Like I still remember, I think basically everyone in that class. Really? Barely. Yeah. I mean, usually like that was like really down. Like my average class is like 20 ish people, even back then. But for whatever reason, that month was just really small. Um, so I remember everyone and you improved a ton. I, I guess real quick, we'll touch on the LSAT before we go into bigger, better law school stuff. But how, how long did you study for the LSAT? Um, so the first time I took it, when I failed it drastically, um, I studied for maybe six months on my own using a book I bought off Amazon for $30, um, taking the time to like learn those little vocabulary words that you later taught me didn't matter. Um, so I studied on my own for around six months and then I took it, uh, did terrible. And then I studied with you for, I think we did a month and a half. Um, you let me sign up for that little half time, which was really great. And I improved, I don't even know how many points I would have to do the math, but it was crazy. It was a crazy yeah. month. Well, I remember, and I'm not like trying to like put your score out there, but I want to say it was a 26 point improvement from like that six weeks. I could be That's off, awesome. but um, it, like pretty life-changing, like being rejected at schools to now getting full rides at them kind of difference, which you had a really good GPA. So it would have been a real bummer um, mm -hmm. if you just gotten to like, you know, a score in the 150s. And so many people with a 4.0 do that. So, oh, I have a good GPA. I don't need that high of an LSAT but now you might be um, paying a lot more than you currently are. And just to tell all the listeners, you're at Florida State, right? Which is also your undergrad alma mater. Yes, correct. I'm at Florida State. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> and did you apply anywhere else or were you pretty locked into staying there? I applied to other schools. I applied to University of Florida, um, University of Miami, and then Vanderbilt, Georgetown, and Duke, and UPenn Carey, which was cool. Yeah. Well, and how did the rest of your cycle go? Like, did you get other competing offers or was it pretty locked in Florida State? Um, so I got waitlisted from basically every T14 that I applied to, which was kind of a bummer. Um, but I got into University of Florida, which was great. Um, obviously, it's a very high ranking school. Um, it's got a few rankings above universe, um, Florida State. I'm sorry. Um, and I considered University of Florida a little bit because they also gave me a full ride. Um, both schools had given me a full ride. Um, but I just didn't want to move away from Tallahassee because of the different living situations. Living here was just so much simpler, so much more cost efficient as opposed to moving to Gainesville. So I picked Florida State at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. Well, and as long as you like like Tallahassee, why bother? Like, I don't know the geography of Florida, but it's probably a pretty good way is to be um, to UF, right? Like it's not an hour drive, right? Yeah, it's around two and a half hours. Um, it's a little closer to my hometown down in South Florida, but I don't really like Gainesville. I think it's not my favorite area in the world. Um, sure. And I like Tallahassee a lot. I think it has a lot of opportunities um, being the capital and all. So I really like that about it. Oh, I didn't know that. My first grade teacher was going to be bad at me. I had no idea Tallahassee was the capital of Florida. Um, yeah. <laughs> not, that's funny. Um, but yeah, so do you ultimately see yourself like practicing in Florida or, I mean, it's obviously a long way, well, not that long, but a ways away. Um, yeah, I do think I want to start at least in Florida, um, probably in a bigger area, just because Tallahassee is a little bit more of a small town. Right. Um, so I kind of want to move more to central Florida, but I do want to start there and then maybe eventually look into moving somewhere out of state, take the bar in multiple areas. But yeah, definitely starting in Florida. I already submitted my intro bar app. So it's kind of. Oh boy, yeah, it really sneaks yeah. up on you. Um, yeah. are, is Florida one of the universal bar exam states or are they isolated? No, uh, no it's isolated. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at the map. Um, oh yeah. Interesting. Some of these, like I get why California is not universal bar because everyone wants to live there. But South <laughs> Dakota, really? It's like, <laughs> how many lawyers are going to move to South Dakota if they don't offer the reciprocity? Um, I have to imagine that's not at the top of the list. No offense to our <laughs> South Dakota people, but, but cool. Yeah. Um, and how, obviously you're in 1L, how did that, have you gotten your grades back? I'm not going to ask about your grades, but yes. how, how did, well, how did the first year go? Like, was it what you expected? Um, I definitely think it went better than I expected, which was great. I tend to think the worst, um, just kind of to prepare myself in case it actually manifests, but, um, it definitely went very well. I, 
it took a little adjusting, getting used to the being an overachiever in undergrad and getting straight A's to going into a law school setting where that was no longer possible. Um, but it's it was definitely good. I had a good semester. My grades turned out great. Um, I'm very pleased with my position right now. So yeah. Yeah. Do you know what Florida State curves the average to? Is it like a 2.9 or 3.0? I think it's a 3.1, if I'm not mistaken. Uh -huh. Yeah, I know they all have different ones, but they kind of, I mean, it's tough because like I'm sure many of your classmates are like pretty active. Obviously, you're one of the strongest in terms of entering metrics, mm -hmm. um, but even the people that got in otherwise, it's not like they're silly goofballs that are attending Florida yeah, State. Um, that being said, I did look up Florida State undergrad when you were in class and I was amazed at how selective it was. I Because when yeah. I went to Florida State, I kind of put it in line with like Arizona State, which like <laughs> you know, Arizona State listeners, but like kind of like we're doing partying first, school up second. And yeah, I, I was surprised. It's, um, I think it was like, what, a 30-ish percent acceptance rate for undergrad? So. Yeah, undergrad's around a 33%, which is insane. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a party school. Like, it has the reputation, definitely. But I think people underestimate how difficult Florida schools are to get into. Even yeah. University of Florida is so difficult to get into. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, they're both great. And um, looking at the, like, 509 report, because that, that's me in my admissions world. Um. Yeah, like kind of mid 160s LSATs, mm -hmm. um, pretty high GPAs for the most part. The 75th percentile is a 392 with a 383 median. So like mm -hmm. you're surrounded by people that for the most part are pretty good at school. Um, not like 175, 4.0s like you might run into at Harvard, but I, I don't know. I feel like the drop off is not that big because like what's the difference between a 3.9 and a 4.0 from undergrad? Probably someone who figured it out freshman year versus someone who figured it out their second semester. N not that crazy. Um, but yeah, so with school, what was your favorite class? Not that I know anything about them, but I know you guys take like civil procedure towards all that fun stuff. Yes, I took um, last semester, I took civil procedure and torts, and I also took property and my first legal writing class. My different was my favorite was definitely torts. Um, not even a question. I love torts. It's amazing. I'm going to be a research assistant for my torts professor this upcoming summer as well. So it's definitely made me consider personal injury as a branch of law that I would love to go into. Right. Um, I also shockingly loved property, which was a, a big surprise for me. I didn't think I would like it, but I really enjoyed it. And our professor at Florida State, um, at least the one I had in my section, Professor Ryan, is an insane teacher. She is truly like when you think of an organized, amazing professor, she is just amazing. I loved it. It was an amazing time. Good. Well, it sounds like you're enjoying it. I know not everyone loves law school once they get there, but you also knew what you're getting yourself into. Like just for um, background for the people listening, you you had been working at a law firm for a while before you attended, right? Yeah, I worked at a law firm as a runner for around two and a half years before I went to law school. Um, I wasn't doing a lot of legal work. I was just doing sure. a lot of errands, um, but it was definitely interesting getting into a legal atmosphere and just meeting a lot of professionals. And it helped me a lot with getting into Florida State and anyone, anytime I had questions, I had someone who could answer it for me. So it was really great. Yeah. And at the very least, you have that idea of like a rough idea of what it's going to be. Many mm -hmm. of the people I've talked to, I feel like they're just so disconnected from what a lawyer is. They probably think like Harvey Specter is like an accurate representation of what a lawyer is. It's like, guys, um, like maybe some aspects, but you should not be <laughs> expecting this to be your future. Um, oh, in fact, I like to tell people that like Harold is probably the more representative like future. <laughs> that poor guy who like just gets yelled at by lewis um i don't watch the show <laughs> i just read wikipedia articles so because everyone many of the people i talk to nowadays with suits going on netflix have watched it so it's like a point of reference um mm -hmm. kids i guess not really i'm younger than many of the people i talk to um, <laughs> but okay that's good so you're are you enjoying law school like, do you find the day-to-day -day relatively fun um or maybe not fun that's that might not be the right word but like you know enjoyable like fulfilling yeah, definitely. Um, I love law school. I love putting myself in a challenging academic environment, um, really just pushing myself. But this has definitely been the biggest challenge I've ever gone through in my life. So it's been a little humbling at times, definitely. But I love it. I love learning and I love just being in an environment where a lot of people have similar interests to me. It's really fun. I, I enjoyed a lot. And law school, at least my first year so far, has been a lot like high school because you're with the same 100 kids all the time. So it's been fun getting to know my classmates and it feels very different from undergrad socially. So I think it's been a great time. Definitely. Yeah. And um, social, I mean, not, not to like ask your age, but you're on the younger side of your class, right? 
Yes, so, I am. How, how is it socially? Like, are, I guess, like, what's the overall vibe of the class? Um, I definitely get called a baby a lot, <laughs> which is annoying. But there are a lot of people who have already gone into professional careers, a lot of people with master's degrees. So I definitely found it very intimidating at first because I was like, oh, my God, these people are going to dominate me in this setting because they have so much more experience than me. Um, but honestly, once you're all in that same situation and you're kind of going through the motions together, you build connections with people really fast and it kind of opens your mind to all of these different backgrounds. And I've had a great time with it so far. I think my classmates have been super friendly considering that some of them are in their entering their thirties and I am right. just entering my twenties. So. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of interesting. I'm looking at the demographics of Florida state right now, just in they, they should add age to 509. So that would be really fascinating if they did that, but they don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're one of the 12% that has a full ride. So like, it's not like it's super easy at Florida State. There are schools where they're kind of handing them out like candy. I, I want to see Penn State's up to like 70% of the classes on full ride or more, which like, I would feel like such a sucker if I was paying tuition. And you look <laughs> right, seven out of 10 people aren't even paying, you're paying their tuition. I don't know. To me, just like, I would have a hard time like looking in the mirror, I'd be like, I pay for my classmates tuition. That kid you hate, you pay for his tuition. Um, yeah. I don't I know. Some kids that feel like that, definitely that um, pay tuition. Um, and I know a lot of kids that feel like they kind of got it duped out of a full ride because there are kids with lower statistics than them that got yeah. full rides. Um, well, you know. sucks, but also you got to like get your money. If Florida State is not going to give it, like compare other offers. That's why I always tell people like apply broadly. Um, yeah. If you're not, it works out, it works out, but it doesn't always work out. So, yeah. And Florida State is notorious for not negotiating with your aid package. So, yeah. if you are applying to Florida State and you're not happy with your aid, I wish you the best of luck with renegotiation because they don't bite. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, th their tuition's per credit. So, it's kind of hard to like figure out how, how is the tuition? Is it like on the Georgetown level where it's like 70K a year? Is it more like 40, 30? No, um, I would say it's closer to like 20, 25K a year, which is okay, that's not terrible. Like even the people paying full, like I wouldn't want to pay full price, but even if you were, it's not like your financial future is ruined, um, but fun stuff there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess other things in that section, is it a hundred people in your section or in the whole class? Um, it's around a hundred people in the whole class, probably a little more. I'm not a hundred percent certain. And then we're split up into three sections. So I would say it's like around 30 of us per section, maybe closer to 40. So it's an even smaller group of people that you're with. Yeah, so you really get to know like everyone, or at least you have a pretty good idea of who they are and their vibe. Um, are, do you guys have any obnoxious gunners at Florida State? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, we, everyone in this section knows who they are, but we're not going to name them. Um, oh, no, no, no. But I'm sure if they're listening, they know who they are as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I always wonder about those folks. Um. Well, you, you didn't know. I, I don't think you knew Chloe. She's at Gonzaga. I don't think you guys overlapped, but um, she was saying that it was often the older people, like more in their like late 20s that were gunners. Have you found the same thing? Or because I, I intuitively thought it would be the kids straight out of undergrad that would be like obnoxious because they don't like get it. But what have you noticed? Um, I think it depends. I think that um, since I'm younger, I find myself kind of feeling worse for the older kids sometimes when they are put in positions where they have to like answer things in class and they just like I don't relate to them as much so it's definitely I come from a different perspective because I would probably say that sometimes it's the older people that say things and I'm like mm, what are we saying right now <laughs> but yeah. I think that Florida State isn't as polarizing about age I think that something that is more polarizing about Florida State when it comes to opinions and who's gunning and who's not gunning are really political ideologies like the school is very divided okay. yeah I've actually been asking people that and everyone I because I talked to Mallory she's at Syracuse but online so it's like very different mm -hmm. um and everyone said so far that like people are pretty well behaved in class is it not the case at Florida State do you guys have some goofballs that really go at it yeah we have some kids that are definitely a little polarizing to say the least um it's it's a tricky situation sometimes and when you're put in positions in classes where they ask um dividing questions and kids answer on a side that you think that they wouldn't answer it's definitely interesting <laughs> to say the least. that is interesting well I'm just surprised because I don't know it seems like at least in law school it's more about what the law is and learning how to practice like mm -hmm. your opinion about it I mean I'm sure it's fine to have your opinion that's all good and fine but like I don't know it seems kind of odd to like be talking about like here's what I think about 
um so-and-so in class it's like yeah I don't know it doesn't seem terribly relevant but is it um well I guess because I don't know a lot about law school I'll, I'll be transparent but I know you guys have the Federalist Society is there like a left-wing um alternative to that or is it pretty much just them not really no there's not um there's other organizations that mainly focus on like ethnic groups um like black students black law students and stuff like that or like the cuban law association we have a few clubs like that at our school but in reference to like political ideology no it's definitely only the federal federal society and that is kind of what i mean in reference to that florida state at least when before i entered i was warned that florida state is a notoriously conservative school compared to like other law schools so that was something that yeah definitely interesting because <laughs> I've actually posted about this a few times what the more conservative law schools are in liberal just because it's like it's engagement based, it performs well it's like kind of a fun fact I don't mm -hmm. think I like really make their decision based on that but um yeah the top 10 are what you expect Ave Maria which I, I don't even know what that is but it sounds religious uh, I think region. that's in Florida oh is it really um so. there's BYU which like yeah like the, yeah <laughs> um and yeah then just a bunch of southern ones well george mason is surprising so that's in dc mm -hmm. um but it's scalia it's named after scalia so maybe that attracts a certain type of person i don't know interesting stuff um but yeah are you happy with your decision to attend florida state one semester into it yeah um i'm really happy i i love florida state at the end of the day even if um the political atmosphere isn't what i necessarily align with all the time but I love it. I think that overall, they create a really welcoming, comfortable environment. Like Florida State is ranked, I think, number two in the nation for quality of life, which is an interesting stat. But interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think it's on the Princeton Review where they, they're always posting about it and stuff. Yeah, so they've I, got some interesting. I, I never know like which rankings are legit and which ones are like just made up, like the space law programs. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, but well, even if the ranking is, I'm not, I don't know if the rankings. No, that sounds like a more legit one if I had to like guess, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, Even if it isn't, I do think that it aligns with the environment at Florida State. I think that everyone's really willing to help each other and to communicate with each other, just get to know everyone. They have a lot of amazing events. I think it's a really fun law school considering. Um, And based off what I've heard about the other competitors nearby, I will not name names, but it's definitely a more comfortable environment where you don't have to worry as much about people like sabotaging you to get ahead of you in the curve and stuff. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, do you have like study groups or people that you collaborate with too? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been really great. Yeah. I, I know that I've heard rumors from other people and that are one L's at other schools where they have people sending them fake outlines and stuff with false information. And that's just not something that I would ever worry about at Florida State. No one does anything like that. So that's always yeah. nice. Well, <laughs> if you're sending people fake outlines, like just do better on your, like figure, learn your stuff. Don't sabotage other people. I agree. Um, but I'm a big believer that unless you're like, I don't know, like the very top schools, you can probably beat your competition if you study hard enough. I mean, that being said, like maybe I'm, like you said, law school is harder and I'm sure it is. But um, yeah, what have you found to be the hardest part about law school? Is it like learning kind of the new type of academic system or is it just so much information? Like what makes it harder than undergrad? I would say the hardest part is the workload outside of your class load because you're going to classes full time. Like I have five classes a semester. I'm at school all day um, and then on top of that like the amount of reading that you have to do for each one it's definitely hard so that was something that I really it took me like two months to adjust to reading I it in the beginning it took me like two hours to read for one class and I have each class like two to three times a week so it was really difficult in the beginning adjusting to that workload and I spent all my free time reading and now I definitely feel more comfortable with it I can get my stuff done at a quicker pace and I know what to look for um but that was yeah that was hard um and it's still hard especially last semester I was only taking four now I'm taking five so it's kind of like I have to readjust again um but yeah it's been interesting you know <laughs> yeah well it definitely I guess the only um advantage you have is that everyone's adjusting at the same window because no one's ever done law school before mm -hmm. um but that being said like I'm sure going forward you probably have a lot more control over your GPA than that first semester Although yeah. ironically, it appears that the first semester has the most impact over your future. Um, <laughs> do, do they do OCI? Well, I'm sure they do at Florida State. Like, yeah. Do they have firms come and interview the various Florida ones? Or is it more yeah. now? You guys get like all sorts of firms or is it pretty Florida based? 
Um, we mostly get Florida firms. I do know a lot of people actually go to like the surrounding states like Georgia. A lot of people want to go practice in Atlanta. Um, we actually have a good amount of kids that go to Colorado, which I thought was interesting considering oh, it was yeah, that is interesting. all the way over there. Yeah. <laughs> That's Florida State has a pipeline here, but who knows? Um, but um, yeah, it's mostly Florida firms, definitely. Um, it's OCI is interesting though. It's it's limited based off what year yeah, you're in. Like if you're in the like you're invited if you're like what in like a top fifteen. I, I know it depends on the school, but um, th there's like a pretty hard GPA cutoff, right? Oh yeah, definitely. It really just depends on the individual firm. I know that the firm that I worked for, they were cutting off around the three area they were they weren't even considering your resume at that point but I would assume at big law especially considering that you have to be in the top 10 to 20 percent to even be considered big for big law at my at my school as opposed to going yeah. to Ivy so I'm assuming that the big law people have like at least 3.5 cutoffs yeah it's not a bad school um I think people really like I, I don't know where Stetson's ranked but I know they're not exactly the Harvard of Florida um mm -hmm. like Maybe the valedictorian gets an interview, but people seem to go, like thinking that like, oh, we're all going to go make 200K and be like Harvey Specter. It's like, ah, eh, some of you. Um, yeah, looking at the uh, law school transparency for Florida State, um, the data is really funky here. They, <laughs> this is like messed up. It says there's like 80 people that have graduated um, and yeah. so four of them went to big law. That's That can't be right. Because don't, don't get me wrong, like Florida State's not sending all the class to big law, but it's not zero either. Like I'm sure that you guys- yeah. A decent i would guess like 10 to 20 percent maybe i'm out of touch but um just want to know about similar schools so yeah do, do you know ultimately what you want to do are you hoping to return to your firm that you were working at or are you looking elsewhere um i'm gonna be working with them as a clerk this summer just to kind of get more of a feel what they actually do legally so i can decide if i want to go into that field of law it's never been something i've considered they do um like public finance um I am more interested in personal injury at the moment, um, like civil litigation. Uh, I used to be interested in criminal law, but then everyone discouraged me from it. So I kind of stepped away from that one. Well, personal injury, you can make some bank doing personal injury. Like those big law, I mean, obviously you have to like get clients and like carve that out for yourself. But if you can get established, it seems like a pretty good field to be in. Um, along with if it like, you know, brings you intellectual satisfaction and you find it enjoyable. <laughs> Um, have, have you seen The Rainmaker? I think that's the uh, Matt Damon movie. I haven't, no. You should check it out. It's about a um, like young lawyer who um, has like, it's it's fictional, but it's like really good. It's um, mm -hmm. fantastic. Uh, is it The Rainmaker? No, no, I'm not sure. But but the point is, it's a really, I, I watched it like twice. So I can't like, okay, it's from the 90s. So it's, it's a little old, but um, mm -hmm. it's really good. It's about like basically them. He's a like young grad who's, Sue's was this right oh no sorry that is right I was thinking this is the wrong movie but it's really good I, I think it's very like law school relevant and it's, it's certainly like you know drama like this is not what actual law looks like but it's probably closer than most legal stuff because I watch most legal stuff and I'm like I don't know about a lot about law but I know that's not what it looks like um yeah definitely not <laughs> but you went in pretty eyes wide open did anyone do you have any classmates that have been kind of blindsided by reality over the course of the past year or um not that, not any that have said anything in particular to me. I think that it's definitely been a bit of a wake up call after getting our grades for last semester for us to realize that we can't get A's as much as we thought we could. I think a lot of us were under the impression that we were going to get three out of four A's or something like that because we're used yeah. to overachieving and being academic perfectionists and all that stuff. But with the curve, it's brutal. It's, re it's really brutal. Um, I think like only four or five kids get A's. So at the end of the day, um, I think a lot of kids really had to go through that realization where they were gonna be a little bit dissatisfied with their grades, but at the end of the day, you get your degree and that's what you gotta do, so. Yeah, you just learn and do better next semester. There's really nothing else you can do. Um, yeah, I mean, I look back on undergrad. I went to the University of Colorado, which probably has more of the reputation that Florida State, how, well, it, it, we should have the reputation you guys have as like a party school because there were so many, Cal we have California kids that come here because it's kind of close and they're like, oh, we'll go to Boulder. And um, yeah, it, there's a lot of kids that don't show up to class or like just shopping on the little lemon in the back. And so even <laughs> if I get an A, it was pretty easy to be that person that got an A because you just show up, you're respectful, you do the mm -hmm. work. Okay. Um, but that's certainly not the case in law school. Like, I'm assuming all 30 people are trying pretty hard. Like there's no one that's like really 
slacking off. Is there? Like, is there anyone that's not trying? I mean, there are definitely kids that try a lot less. Um, like there are a lot of resources online where you can kind of get case briefs and stuff like that. Um, and you don't have to read your textbook. So there are kids that will do that. Um, definitely the minority of kids are doing that though. Most kids are doing their work and I see them in the library and they're getting their readings done. Um, and then even during final season, like you get that week off where you don't have classes, but you have finals the following week and everyone is at school. The parking lot is full. All the study rooms are booked for like all hours of the day. It's just it's crazy. It's a completely different environment. And undergrad people used to just not show up until the final or something. And kids don't yeah. do that anymore. <laughs> I was an undergrad. If I could, if I could get away with it, I would never go to class. Um, not because I didn't try. Like I would go if it was um if there were essays in the class, because I know they grade based on how much they like you. Cause we didn't mm -hmm. do well at our school. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could see like the supplemental materials of like the summaries being useful as supplement if you were using that on top of your own reading, but to just try to do that and like take the final I don't know it seems hard like it seems like you might miss some ideas that get asked about um, and yeah how was your like work-life balance over the course of the past semester like how many hours per week were you law schooling um I spent a lot of time at school I think I spent more than other kids at my school just because I have a problem with relaxing and I like to be ahead in my readings. So like even today, I'm gonna like after we get off this call, I'm gonna do my readings for Tuesday because I already did my Monday stuff. So I just like to when I'm not doing something or I don't have anything to do immediately, I will continue to do things. So I spend like maybe 12 hours a day on campus, honestly. I get yeah. there around like eight in the morning and I will leave at six to 8 p.m. It really just depends on the time in the semester and um, whether or not I'm getting closer to finals and I need to outline on top of it. Right now, I have a lot less work because the semester just started. Um, but yeah, once I was hitting the middle of the semester, I was definitely spending like 10 to 12 hours at school every weekday. Yeah. And then I would go for like five hours on the weekend, give or take. So I'll have to like clip that and send it to all the LSAT people that tell me they can't make time for an hour of studying just so I can be like, it doesn't get better. It only gets worse. Um, yeah. The amount of people that, uh, so just real quick, I've been asking people this, do you think the LSAT is easier than law school? Like what was harder studying for the LSAT or doing school? The LSAT is astronomically easier than law school. It's not yeah. even comparable. <laughs> That's what I always say. And I get I got people mad at me like a month ago because I posted on um, law school's harder than the LSAT. I didn't say much harder, which is what I should have said. But even that people are like, no, I'm like, okay. Um, I don't know. M maybe you could like get by in law school without really trying. But like, I don't know. The LSAT's not that crazy. Like study an hour a day, show up every day, you'll get better. It's not rocket science. Yeah. No, definitely. That, that's how I took the LSAT. At least I studied for like a f around two hours a day when I was in that crunch month and I improved drastically. But if with law school, two hours a day is like, yeah, you're really going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. I find so. I mean, the unfortunate thing I have is I have a decent amount of people that follow me that just shouldn't be lawyers. And I'm like, guys, like if you can't make an like, what do you know how lawyers work? Like I like to work too. This podcast isn't coming out until February 12th because I'm so far ahead. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Um, but that's just like what I do. Like I'm, and for those of you listening, this is recorded on January 20th. Um, it's a Saturday, <laughs> but that's just how I am. Like I'm ahead of things every day. When my Instagram post comes out, I'm surprised because I scheduled it like two months ago because I stay way yeah. ahead. And mm -hmm. I, I just hate having to get up and like having to do something, which mm -hmm. I know that's not quite analogous to what you're saying, but yeah, just being productive and getting things done. Like, I think that's the type of person you want to be if you want to go into this field. Um, but yeah, so you're on campus for like 12 hours. Mm -hmm. I know that's a lot of like reading, studying. Are you doing any like extra curriculars? I know some schools have one else do them. Others like have you guys hold off? We're just Florida State fall on that. Um, they let us join anything we want. They heavily discourage us from working our first year, which I'm not employed right now. Um, but I did join the Women Law Symposium, which has been super amazing. Um, and I'm a student ambassador at Florida State. Um, I tried out and now I'm doing that, which is really fun. But besides that, I haven't really got super involved. I'm hoping to get involved in law review at some point. Um, but we'll see how that goes because obviously it's very competitive. 
<laughs> yeah, either Law Review or uh, Moot Court, one of the two would be amazing, but that's something that you try out for at the end of your first semester. So right now I'm kind of just waiting it out and trying to get the grades where I can actually put myself in a position to get into one of those two things. So, yeah. You were also in um, File for Delta at Florida State, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I was. Uh, like former, I guess, like former members that are at Florida State with you, or is it just you? actually yeah um it's it's a really crazy story so before i joined phi alpha delta in undergrad there was this girl who was president of phi alpha delta like before i even came into school and now me and her are, are in law school together which is kind of crazy she's my classmate um and i know her like she's a celebrity to me and she she's never met me in my life but um yeah now she's my classmate we have legal writing together and she's amazing i i absolutely love her so that's been super fun um for the most part though besides that not really i know a lot of younger kids that are going to apply this cycle so it'll be interesting to see if they enter as one else and do you, have you done any guidance i mean I, i'd say you did the lsat well you did admissions well have you been trying to steer people away from some of the common pre-law pitfalls or um I've been I'll respond to any direct messages when I get them on my phone I don't really get a lot <laughs> to be completely honest I think now that I've put myself in an ambassador position I'm hoping um to reach out to kids more and provide myself as more of a resource because I definitely think that like for my age I handled the admission cycle pretty calmly and smoothly so yeah. I would love to help definitely and even just like transitioning into law school and figuring out how to buy your textbooks and how to get them for something that's not too grand you know <laughs> stuff like that yeah. is definitely something I'd love to help out with yeah I mean I, I'd say you did really well based on I, I see a lot of people do this process every year and I tell everyone the same advice but some people really like take it in and work with it um, mm -hmm. others are resistant the big one is people rushing and like getting to like a 155 and being like I have to apply now applying in January and then paying full price for like steps in I'm like why did you do that like you could have avoided that had you just taken one year um and you were like particularly young upon applying so for you to take a year wouldn't have been a big deal but you're ready so like who cares um but some people are not ready and that's where I go like I want to shake them and I see <laughs> post on Instagram like I'm so excited to announce I'm attending like Mitchell Hamlin School of Law. I'm like, oh God, like, why are we doing this? Um, but you don't want to be that person in the comments because then you're just a hater, even though like- Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. I had, um, I had told myself after I took the LSAT the second time because I had taken it, I think it was November, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe October. I might've been October. Um, I took it in October. So it was definitely later. Um, so I told myself if I didn't get a score where I was in a competitive position, I was just going to wait. <laughs> I was going to wait until the next cycle because I didn't want to put myself in a position where I was in crippling debt unless I was going to like Harvard. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. Some kids feel like they need to get into school faster. Um, graduating yeah. young helped me a lot with that because I had so much free time and it just helped me calm down and take a breather. I definitely wanted to get in immediately because I didn't, I had like this weird adverse mindset around gap years but that was wrong of me so you know yeah well also I think it's fine to like want to rush if you're willing to like do the work and then get it done like you did where, mm -hmm. where it's a problem is when people don't get it done and they still don't want to take the gap year and like there's yeah. no numbers in law school admissions like it's not like you could like back out and then start again at like some other school um although I have been contacted by people trying to do that like spoiler alert it does not work out it goes mm -hmm. very quickly um law schools look at dropping out pretty negatively in admissions um definitely and yeah I guess the other I have to reach out to someone from my high school she's at well she she went to St. John's but then she transferred into Columbia and now oh. she has a big law job and I like really want to talk to her about like how she did that um she's just like uh like we went to high school together but I'm like very curious because she's the 2L currently mm -hmm. I just want to be like how did you do that but are <laughs> there is there anyone trying to transfer out of Florida State or are most people pretty content with the school so I heard that last year, some, some girl did so well, she transferred into Harvard. So people do it. Definitely. I can fact check that right now. Um, yeah, you should try to fact check it. Um, uh, that's what I had heard, but, but um, yeah, definitely. There are kids that talk about it. It's just, you kind of have to put yourself in a position where you're super high on the rank. So it's a lot of stress. I, have considered it as well just because of my LSAT score and the fact that 
I think what had to do a lot with me getting waitlisted in other schools was that I was young and inexperienced and didn't really have anything else to offer. So I have thought about it before, but I think that I've settled a lot at Florida State and I don't really want to <laughs> transfer. Yeah. Um, but kids talk about it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, I, I just looked. So two people transferred out um, last year of Florida State, out of which there is no information on where they went to. And then okay. they had like a group of transfers in, mostly from like lower regional schools. Um, like there were some from Barry, uh, probably mm-hmm. like the performers at like the lowest, at like the regional schools. But mm-hmm. Harvard did not have a Florida State transfer in. So that person did not go to, I checked Yale too, and they, they didn't have it either. Cause I, you know, sometimes people have kind of interchanged us. Um, yeah. But yeah, Harvard's is pretty interesting. It's like largely from other elite schools. Mm-hmm. Surprising. Oklahoma, that's kind of weird to get a transfer from Oklahoma. Maybe like the valedictorian of the 1L class got in, but the rest of them, it's like U Chicago, Cornell, Duke. So people just kind of trading off on the T14. Yeah, definitely. Unless you like want it's to do hard. Play. I yeah. feel like even nowadays with the high LSAT score, sometimes it doesn't even matter. <laughs> oh, it has gotten so hard. When, when I started, a 173, I think, was the 75th percentile at every school. And mm-hmm. now it's like you're below median at like the top schools with, you know, 99th percentile scores. So things have gotten really nasty. I do think it's going to come down because I don't know if you're in touch with the LSAT world, but they got rid of logic games or they're okay. going to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to hurt people at the top um, just because it's the most like you go in every day and you know you're going to get 23 questions right on games mm-hmm. but are you might you might miss one or like even I miss questions on those sections from time to time just because I'm not perfect yeah but I don't on games so we'll have to see how that pans out um games was definitely the one I improved the most on so <laughs> yeah you can get really good at it so and there were a lot of people that were like very happy about it which I was surprised by it's like have you studied games yet uh, cause if you have, you should learn that like, this is the section where you can actually like, really make huge jumps overnight. Not that you can't improve elsewhere. Like you're proof that you can improve elsewhere very quickly. Yeah, but it's, definitely. That's straightforward. Um, I think that reading comprehension is the worst to improve on, honestly. Yeah, I, I'd say so too, just cause it's such a like built skill over the past, however many years of your life. And there are little LSAT nuances, but for mm-hmm. most of it, it's just reading comprehension. And there's not like a lot of like tricks to it. Like with logic games, you learn how to do it. You're good to go. But mm-hmm. reading comics, like, understand it and if you're a bad reader you can't really fake your way around it which yeah definitely <laughs> there's like i i can teach someone in lr where it's like okay here's the flaw you missed it we gotta pay more attention on reading comp i'm just like hey did you understand that sentence they're like no i'm like well i i have nothing to tell you until you are willing to like slow down and take a sentence by sentence yeah um, I think another thing about it that kind of sucks is when they throw like those science passages at you and i'm like this is not something i'm good at this is i can't do this yeah. <laughs> But also you you got there. Like it would always be interesting to know like where that breakdown was of everyone's score. Um, mm-hmm. just where I missed like I'm curious where I missed my points when I took my LSAT. But I think by best estimates, I missed like four or five questions. Um, mm-hmm. it's hard to make the exact curve of each test. Like I want to know where they were because I came out and like I hit a 180. Like I didn't miss and I clearly missed some. So probably LR reading comp. Um, but who knows? And yeah, I guess kind of other stuff. Is there anything you wish you had done differently in the admissions or LSAT process? Or are you pretty happy with how things ended up going? Um, I'm pretty happy at the end of the day. Um, I Part of me always wishes that I got into like Duke or something like that, just right. really challenge myself. But I'm happy with my position and the fact that I'm not in crippling debt at the end of the day. So that's the best part about it. Um, what I would do differently. I think maybe I would stop letting myself lose so much sleep over the admissions yeah. process. Well, easier said than done. Cause like mm-hmm. you can know yeah. you stress, but how do you stop yourself? Um, exactly. I think if I could go back to myself, I would say, just like, take a breath. You're going to go to law school. It's going to be fine. Um, don't freak out about it every single day. Um, Cause it was definitely like a hard few months going through the admissions process and also like studying for the LSAT. I definitely struggled because yeah. it was such a humbling experience for me the first time I took it. It really like crushed my ego. Um, so it was interesting and trying to like regain my confidence and just preparing myself for law, even like preparing myself for law school the summer before, because I knew I had so much reading to do. I did a lot of personal reading to like, kind of put myself in like a better position. Um, So I think that's what I would kind of do is not to, I'm always trying to like push myself 
too far. And I think I would tell myself to calm down because at the end of the day, these things that are really crushing me and making it so difficult aren't going to make that much of a difference at the end of the day. So I think that's what I would say to myself. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. Um, I, I had LSAT nightmares before I took the test. And this was someone who's like practice has averaging a 175. But I would yeah. like things about like the like scary gamer. It just gets so in your head. And I was someone who's doing like one to two hours of study a day, like at most. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I can't imagine like what someone in the 150s is like feeling before they go into the test. Because at least like when we're going in, we know like, okay, I'm going to get most of these right. It is super consequential, but like we know what we're doing. If you're going yeah. in you don't know what you're doing you're just like going in flying blind like hoping that it works out and I, I would hate to do that but definitely uh, but yeah so have you made any law school friends while you've been there like how, how's that going socially oh it's going great um I think that's been one of the best parts about it so far I've, I feel like I've made a lot of really great friends um a lot more friends honestly than I made in undergrad <laughs> um just people I have more in common with yeah. Um, I also feel like because we're all in a position where we're a little older and we've kind of gone through a little bit more, the friendships are more mature and you don't deal with people still acting like they're in high school. Even though I, I did say that when L is like high school because there's drama and people are getting in fights all the time and we're always around each other and you know there's the relationships blooming and all that stuff, which is definitely what? very high school esque. Yeah. But yeah, I, don't um, know if I would like want to date someone in my like one L class. I feel like that can only end. I mean, maybe it works out, but in all likelihood, it probably doesn't. And that's just yeah. like fires. Has there, have there, there been are relationships? Have are what? All, yeah, are there relationships in your class? Yes, um, there are two couples. <laughs> um, so are, they still to, are they still together at this point? They just started dating like okay. recently, so they're fresh. Um, it'll definitely be interesting to see how that goes. <laughs> but I would never do it. I have a boyfriend. I've had the same boyfriend since all of undergrad, and I like to keep my relationship separate from law school. Oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of drama around intimate people. I guess it's it's been interesting. It goes around the school like wildfire. You hear crazy things. Um, but I also feel like half of the class is in a relationship with someone outside of the law school. So that's also interesting. Yeah, well, I feel like that probably is healthier um, so that you have that kind of break. And then, I don't know, um, you see the stats on like law school, like breakups and divorce, which I think is more, like, mm -hmm. I argue that's like a correlation causation thing. I don't, I mean, sure, like the pressure of it is causing you to like probably be strained, but beyond mm -hmm. that, probably just like, you know, breaks underlying cracks instead of creating them. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely an interesting call for people to like decide to date people in their one L section. Like you're in Tallahassee, it's not a small city. I'm sure you can meet lots of people elsewhere if you needed to. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems there's like this, there's this couple and um they have a baby together and they like trade off the baby and <laughs> they go to their like respective classes and you'll see them with the baby around the school and it's just absolutely crazy. <laughs> oh, they are are they one Ls or are they older? They are two L's now, but she was pregnant throughout her one L year and she gave birth like two days after her spring finals ended. That's so wild. Um, like I, I just can't imagine trying to study and do law school while you're like going through that too. Because like, I mean, like newsflash, I've never been pregnant, but I've heard it's like quite the um drain on your like, I don't know, mental resources. I had someone who uh -huh. took the LSAT when she was pregnant and she said it was like, a total handicap like she was not operating at 100% mental capacity um she's totally fine she has a full ride at her school so she's totally cool but That's like awesome. yeah I'm, I'm very much so I always tell people maybe people don't talk to me if they don't get a full ride because I'm like so pro about doing it maybe they're like scared that I'll yell at them which I, <laughs> I I promise but everyone I do talk to has a full ride so that, <laughs> I don't know it's good for me because I don't have to be like are you stressed do, does the shadow of doubt like overwhelm you at night <laughs> and great questions for people um I could feel like their little anxiety on their shoulder but yeah, yeah but I think yeah. you encouraging the full ride that I think you pushing for the full ride for people who use your services is really smart because I think that a lot of kids go into the law school admission cycle thinking that it's basically impossible to get a full ride um oh, yeah. you just don't know because yeah. like you've done this before I mean I'm lucky in that I do this all day every day so it's in, it's my world but the average undergrad has no clue it's such a weird system like yeah definitely you... it's like you went from getting money based off of um 
your need and necessity and everything. And now it's, you hear the word merit and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not going to get this scholarship. But honestly, it's a lot more attainable than even I thought before I went into it and I talked to you specifically. Um, I remember having so many, because my mom knows nothing about, you know, upper education. She stopped at yeah. her associates. So um, I remember talking to her while I was going through the cycle before I had started working with you. And she was like, oh, you'll get a full ride. Like, it'll be fine because I didn't have to pay for undergrad because Florida has like a great program where okay. you get money and stuff. Yeah. So she was like, don't worry, you won't have to pay a cent. And I used to get so angry at her because I was like, you don't uh, understand. <laughs> this is so hard. But it really, she was right. She didn't even know. She was right. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, like, she was right without even realizing that. Um, but it's, I think, just a general, like, good. I guess, presupposition to not pay because there are exceptions. Like, I, I don't want people to assume that you can never pay a dollar for law school. Like, yeah, I don't know. You're, you're going to have fees because generally those aren't included in Florida, to my understanding. Um, um, some, for mine, that's yeah. good. There are some schools where they have like 40K in tuition and 5K in fees, but those aren't included. And so they get you, which like, is not that big a deal, but it's all, it also sucks. Like five grand is still five grand. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just worry about people where like if you graduate and you hate law I just wouldn't want someone to be stuck in that career for the next 10 years because they have to pay off their loans and I, I see a lot of that on like the internet um did you ever get the reddit bug during your application process or did you stay clear I did um I would say that my reddit bug was especially bad my last semester of undergrad when I was trying to bump up my GPA and oh, that starts to get nasty on Reddit too, because people start getting their rejections and wait lists and they're like, withdraw your application. I need to get in. It's like, That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it, I spent a lot of time going onto Reddit and seeing people be like, I have a 4.0 and a 180. Like, am I going to get into this school? Help me. And, and it just made me feel so much worse about myself. <laughs> I hated it, but I went on all yeah. the it was awful. Reddit's wild. And what's funny is it changes year by year. Like it has like a different, every cycle kind of has a different on um, like tone to it. Last year was really negative. Um, so like, I think it's because it's so competitive, uh, like with all the medians going up and the, it's just people, there's more qualified applicants. I don't know if people are just like changing careers or what it is, or like maybe preparation is better. Um, cause like the old myth used to be like, oh, you go up about 10 points on the LSAT, which is just not true anymore. Like there's so many 170s. Not as many as Reddit would have you believe. Like, there's still only like one to two thousand a year, but you would think that there's like 30,000 170s out there. Um, so yeah, how was that for your mental health? Were you able to keep it in check or did it not good? I wasn't, it was really bad until I got my LSAT score and I could kind of like breathe. <laughs> um, but before that, when I was constantly like comparing my 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 GPA was decent, but it was like, in my opinion, subpar compared to other applicants. Um, so going on and kind of like having to guesstimate with my LSAT score and how I felt about the prep at the time and comparing myself to also people who had masters. And I, that was another thing that really scared me. It was like, people would go on there and be like, oh, law schools don't like young people. They want you to go out and do something else with your life. And they want you to like, yeah, really hard, but like the idea that like Florida state's going to reject you because you're younger is silly. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what I saw is yeah because there's one podcast that I occasionally it's um the Miriam and Christy one which are the deans of Harvard and Yale and they mm -hmm. say a lot of good stuff but they're always talking about like essays and stuff which like it's fine but they're like oh we're really holistic I'm like are you though because I've seen your numbers like I, I can see who you accept and who you deny and it's pretty clearly numbers are the I think what they mean is that we have so many 175s that we get to pick which ones we want mm -hmm. but, like, but what they're not saying is you still need the 175 to like be considered and, oh definitely um, but yeah, Reddit, it's weird. So it has some really good stuff on there. Kind of seeing when the waves happen, I'm sure to be like reassuring, to be like, I'm not missing anything. Mm -hmm. But then also, I don't know. Something about Reddit as a social media is like particularly toxic where people get like really nasty with each other. Mm -hmm. And are you around to see like the affirmative action debates or like arguments that started happening? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I got really gross with that. Um, yeah, I live in Florida, so there's always something going on. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's wild. It's like, why? I, I get that, like, it's argumentative people that want to be lawyers, but what does arguing on the internet do for anyone? It's it's such a silly way of, like, I don't know, expressing anger or whatever. 
Um, the other thing I see on Reddit, I'm scrolling the admissions one right now, is just like all the sadness where they're like, I'm in at like, what's this one? At what's this school? Utah. And they're just like so stoked. I'm like, what's the scholarship though? Um, like, because Utah, it's like, I don't know. I don't have an issue against Utah, but like, you better be going on near a full ride or like, don't go to Utah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just like an active old grandpa yelling at everyone, but I, I feel like you really shouldn't be paying for most of these schools or at least like not paying more than like 10 to 20 grand a year. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's super attainable at the end of the day, unless you're going to a T14 and you can kind of compromise um because you know that you're going to a t14 if i got into a t14 i'd be fine going into debt that's fine but if right, i'm going yeah. to a, a state university i would rather not <laughs> yeah like if the big law job is basically guaranteed upon graduation you're fine because like even if you are 150k in debt you'll pay it off pretty quick mm-hmm. um but yeah out of like i just saw admitted students page for boulder i'm like that makes me so mad because everyone all these out-of-state people call cu boulder we don't call it boulder we call it cu um like university and everyone calls it boulder and no one here calls it that it's just the most frustrating thing um that's so funny i call it boulder (laughs) um so i don't know it's it's like a little and probably i I guess by the numbers i'm i'm in the minority so i'm the one who's wrong because only people from here call it cu but I, know I guess that went to that law school to went to Boulder for law school. Yeah, it's I, I grew up, I think, like a five minute walk from the law school in Boulder. I, I'm from Boulder initially. So, okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, even I had like no guidance for law school because I like my dad's a PhD. He um, is a biochem professor at the University of Colorado. My mom was an MBA. She was an accountant for a while. Um, even I had like no advice. So like and that's like from fairly educated like, as far as like percentiles education. Like, I was pretty far up there. Um, mm-hmm. like, I can't imagine like real first gen, like college people are like trying to figure out it, it's just, it's such a nasty system and, um, people really get a leg up. They like have lawyers in their family or not yeah. that I'm upset about that. It just sucks for the people that don't know what's going on. Yeah. We have like a rule in our school, our legal writing professors specifically tell us that if you have like lawyers in the family, you are not allowed to submit your paper to them for review. Like they say, they're they're like, absolutely not. You're not allowed to do that. That gives you way too much of an advantage. So there are rules about it. We call them nepotism lawyers. That's what they're called. Yeah, I don't see a lot of it. because I don't think they, I I think I'm a different market. Like I kind of find more people doing, because I'm on social media as opposed to like, but you do get a few of the um, nepotism kids. And they're good for the bottom line. They're willing to just like dole out the money and like not show up, which like I'm, I'm willing to take it, but that's definitely like a different kind of vibe versus like, like the people that like require the most where I have a fee waiver program where if people have an LSAC fee waiver, I give them discounts, which it's, it's not bad. Like I'm happy I'm doing it. It's like, it's good. I'm still like making money. It's just less. Um, but they always ask for the most in terms of like help and stuff, which is totally fine. They paid for it. They get it just as much as anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, or if the money actually means something, they care. And then the goofballs where their parents are paying for it will just like not even show up to class. I'm like, okay, cool. Like you registered. I don't know if you think you're just going to like absorb LSAT knowledge by registering, but not how it works. I just um, think that they, I think they know the strength of their connections. Cause even being in law school now, like it, it's crazy what a connection can do for you. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, well, are, are you not to like name names or anything, but are you familiar with anyone who like got into Florida state or other schools based on, on the back of those connections? Not specifically. I know a few kids who like, for example, someone that gave me a referral, um, she has a daughter that goes to Florida State. So I feel like that would definitely have a lot to do. Like she would play a lot of influence, not to say that she couldn't get in on her own merits, but she's She's a very renowned. Yeah, exactly. She's just a very renowned attorney. So I'm sure that um, she definitely assisted at least a little. but I don't know anyone in particular where I would say it plays like a main role. I think a lot of the people in my class that have lawyer parents, like their, their parents live somewhere completely different and don't really have ties to Florida state. I feel like a lot of the Florida state alums stay near Tallahassee, which is kind of interesting. So. Yeah. What I'm always curious about is like how much that nepotism really plays. Cause like, you just don't know. Um, but mm-hmm. it certainly does for some folks. Um, I think it really- helps more in reference to like the job yeah and then you take like the extreme example like let's say um one of like obama's daughters was applying 
I wonder what kind of LSAT they would need to get to, into Harvard. Like, do they even need to break 155 to like be considered? Um, like, I would hope so. And, and I'm, I'm sure they could. Like, I'm not like downplaying. I'm, I'm just like wondering, like, what the like if Malia showed up with like a 149, are they like, are they considering her? I, I guess they would have to because like maybe that'd be like the biggest scandal ever. Um, if it got out, but who knows? Um, well, I feel like it'd be a bigger scandal if it came out that she had a 146 and she got into Harvard. No, no, I know that's what I'm saying. Is like they oh. if they overlooked it, like if anything, denying it would probably give them credibility where it's like, we deny um, like these people, but I don't know. I don't think there's a ton of famous people in Moscow. I know one of Trump's daughters, not the one he made comments about to my understanding, but another one was at Georgetown. Um, awesome. I don't think there's any other famous people. I, I don't know. Um, what Bridget Mendler, I think she went to Harvard. I, I oh yes. I saw that. Yeah. What her package was. Cause like, she, she strikes me as an intelligent person. I'm just always curious, like, how much celebrity um, helps or if, like, she fully was just, like, a kick-ass, like, applicant. I have no idea, but I'm just curious. Well, there was that, there was that celebrity influencer who um, she got into, I think she was going to USC or something. It wasn't for law school. It was for undergrad, and her mom, okay. like... Yeah, yeah, the whole college... Yeah. Thing. yeah that whole like scam where they pretended she was like a rower or something like that and like a triple digit sat but still got into usc it's like okay something's not adding up here yeah um, exactly but yeah, crazy stuff um because like you never know how much it but you're i'm always just curious like how much it plays a role like how much of this is like obviously for most people it's numbers um but i'm just curious and then have you heard all the chatter about like the LSAT and getting rid of it it's kind of died down but like that was around for a while I have I I do think aren't there some schools that you don't have to take your LSAT in order I to mean you can take the GRE which is an alternative okay um, it has math on it instead of it's, it's like a math section and a reading section which the reading is easier but then you have to do math which like I don't know how I would do if I took that um yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. I think that it would be kind of silly, honestly. I think that the college admission cycle and like getting accepted relies so heavily on the LSAT at this point that I don't know what a sufficient alternative would be if you were to get rid of it, you know? Like what would financially yeah. rely most on? I feel like it's the most objective because at the end of the day, even if you have a ton of resources to um, hire expensive tutors or do whatever else, I think that people are kind of still on an even playing field because it's such a different line of thinking compared to what you usually have to do that even if you have you have the money to take these expensive classes or whatever else in between you still might not perform that well if you're not willing to like just start from square one and completely reprogram your brain for the LSAT so right. I think that it's the most objective way for people to give out aid at the end of the day because even GPAs I feel like well, it's so different, like a 3.5 from like West Point where like grade inflation does not exist versus like a 4.0 in political science at the University of Colorado. As someone who had a 4.0 in poli sci, I can tell you, it's not that hard. I do maybe <laughs> like an hour of work per week per class, like maybe. And that's yeah. <laughs> a class. And so like the idea that that compares to someone that got like, oh, well, they got a 3.8 in engineering at MIT. It's like, but my 4.0 counts for more because I mm -hmm. have, like it's silly. And the yeah. LSAT, it's like the great equalizer. Um, not to say it's perfect because like I do understand some critiques of it but mm -hmm. most of them come off as just kind of like coping for people that are bad at the test and it's like yeah. guys you have to select for people that are like either good at this naturally or are willing to learn it mm -hmm. and you can't do that like how are we going to select because there's a lot of law school applicants and there's got to be some way to like sort them into piles of like rough skill um, yeah. and also it's like even if they do get rid of it you know who that helps is like all the rich kids from Virginia whose parents are lawyers who now have like fancy internships and 4.0s at like Georgetown and economics. It's like mm -hmm. those are the kids that are getting advantage, not you with your 2.7 from like some agricultural university in Louisiana. Like it's just not getting, so I don't know. I, I find it to be largely misguided. Like I understand mm -hmm. some of the arguments, but what, what else are we going to do? It's not perfect, but we need somebody to evaluate people. So I get it. I agree. I think it it's just like people think it's such a weird test, which I definitely agree. Yeah. Out of all the tests I've taken, it's it's definitely the oddball. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, it's really fair. And I think that they, the way they score is fair. I think that the questions, you know what to expect if you study appropriately. It's not like they're going to give this random curve ball to you. So yeah. I don't know. I, I personally think it's the best option out of all of them. 
I didn't mind that much taking the LSAT and I'm very much one of the people with the mindset that if you are struggling with the LSAT, not struggling because obviously you're going to struggle, but if you are at the point where you're questioning everything during the LSAT and it's making you not want to go to law school, then you should probably listen to that gut feeling. Yeah, that's what I, well, like kind of my cutoff is like, I don't think you need a 170 to like succeed in law school. But if you are really struggling to break 150, I don't think this is going to go well for you. It's like, if you can't get the easy ones right, it's like, do you know how easy it is to spot flaw on question number one? Like, it's in your face. It's so obvious. And if you can't catch that, yeah. loss is hard because like, it only gets trickier. The passages only get longer. Like, this is not, like, the, like, I have people that tell me, like, I can't pay attention for 18 sentences. I'm like, do you know, like, what you do in law school? Like, have you taken a look at, to, taking a look at like what your next three years are going to be like all you're going to do is read from like dawn to dusk and you can't do an 18 sentences on Mozart that's like kind of interesting like grow up but yeah but as someone that I like reading I really enjoy reading I I struggle to read the amount we have to read in law school (laughs) it's a lot it's a lot of work um I definitely think it's a great indicator of whether or not you can handle something like law school um I I don't know I think it's I think it was great at the end of the day and it taught me a lot and it taught me that I needed to actually bust my behind in order to get here because I was under this false impression that it was going to be easy (laughs) and that also taught me that it wasn't and it was good preparation I I did I definitely needed that I needed that wake up well and it also gives you that confidence of like I do belong I can do it because you're not getting in on the back of like some internship. It's like, no, you got there because you scored higher than your competitors. And mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know, for, for me personally, like when I scored in the 170s, I was like, oh, I just kicked ass. Like I did that. And it's kind of like a nice confidence boost. Like I was on top of the world for a few days. Um, especially back then, like I used to be above the 75th percentile for every school in the country. Now I'm not. I'm actually below median at Harvard, I think, with my score, which I, I would take it again, but I can't. LSAC's pretty clear on that. They're like, hey guys. We actually got an email in um, October, all the test providers saying, stop taking the test. We see you taking the test, cut it out. Cause like, we're not supposed to take it. It's for admission to law school, not for us to like flex about how we got a 180. Yeah. Um, which also like getting a 180 is not that crazy once you do this full time. Cause like, it is hard. <laughs> like I've done thousands of hours of LSAT prep through teaching it. You kind of start to see all the patterns, like so much more than you do when you're even studying. Um, Definitely. But yeah, so you said you are off to readings today. Do you have anything else fun planned this weekend or are you fully back to the law school grind? Um, Not this weekend. I had my fun weekend last weekend. So this weekend is my sitting in my house weekend. It's also oddly cold in Tallahassee. Uh, that's another thing people don't know. Tallahassee gets cold compared to the rest of Florida. So it's like 25, 28 degrees at night over here right now, which is awful so I will not go outside this weekend no (laughs) I will not leave my house oh that's so funny that's your weather is like as nice as it gets for like several months in Colorado um but it's all (laughs) um because this past weekend it was I think our high was like one degree um it doesn't usually get that cold here but it was just like the most unpleasant about once a year we get a cold snap um Mm -hmm. but but also like our infrastructure is prepared for it I'm sure it's like worse in Florida because like no one's ready for it and yeah, still, it's all relative though, because like I lived in California for a few months and 50 degrees felt so cold, even though I know 50 degrees isn't cold, but when you're used to 75 every day, like it's a big jump to be like. Yeah, and I'm used for, I'm used to Miami, like we don't get cold ever, <laughs> so the yeah, coldest exactly. thing down there is like 50, 55 degrees, maybe once a year, so even when I moved up to Tallahassee, I was like, I need to get a winter coat, like it's cold up here. <laughs> Yeah, I guess um, I will wrap things up in a sec just because I have a hard out, unfortunately. I have, um, yeah, it's actually kind of a headache I have to go deal with. Not to get into that though. We're all about positivity. Um, But (laughs) are you reading anything fun personally or do you kind of put your personal reading off to the side during law school? Yeah, I do put my personal reading off to the side while I'm in my semester. Um, I'm about halfway through the Game of Thrones books, which has been really fun to read. Um, But I have taken a pause on those and they are sitting yeah. on my shelf. <laughs> did you ever watch the show or did you just dive straight into the books? Oh yeah. <laughs> I watched the show like three or four times. I, I love it. It's my favorite show ever. So yeah, nice. I got through the first few books this summer and then I took a little pause and yeah, now they're just sitting there collecting dust with my last semester textbooks that I have to sell. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well, if anyone's going to law school next year, maybe reach out to Anna. Um, yes you can probably go like the facebook groups and find some folks um definitely 
how much did your textbook set you back for one semester? Was it like a few hundred bucks? Yeah, I go the cheapest route I possibly can, which a lot of my classmates don't do that. And they just buy the book brand new. Um, I don't do that. So, so like, aren't they all the same? Like, yeah. Um, so they, like some teachers will say that you're not allowed to get the old editions and then the old edition will be like $20 on Chegg. (laughs) So yeah, but like, for example, my property professor quickly or my property professor curated her own textbook (laughs) that we, that we had to like buy. And real quick, will you just hold that up so people can see the thickness of that? Yeah, that's a, and did you read the whole thing basically over the course of the semester or? She's read. Yeah, it looks very, um, yeah, you've definitely put some love into that book right there. So yeah, she was my only one that I bought brand new. So, and this is not even my, this is not my thickest one. Oh man. Yeah, I'm guessing the last thing you want to do when you come home after that all day is read like Harry Potter. Um, Yeah. Takes it out of you. Yeah, no, definitely. Whoever buys my torts book from me, though, will be in a great position because I have all my little case briefs like written in the book. So whoever wants to buy my torts book, it's basically an outline. <laughs> it sounds like that's worth more than a brand new one. Like you you can maybe make a little bit of profit on that. I know. Probably. And I bought her used. So I got her for a discount anyways. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, who says you're unemployed? You're one out here. You're just working smarter, not harder. Um. Well, that's awesome. I guess, do you have any, like, I'm always looking for new book recommendations. Do you have any, like, kind of off the beaten path books that you find interesting that you've read in the past? Mm. Oh, sure. If you're into, like, crime, this was a really good book. It's called Mindhunter. Oh, did they make a Netflix show out of that? Is that? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I think I saw, I, I never watched it, but, like, I saw it pop up. It's a really good one. I actually really enjoyed this book, so... Yeah. I'll have to check that out. And they've got like the psychology thing on the front where it's like, what do you see? I see yeah, it, um, it's about people working in the field and how they handle with like criminal psyche. So it's very, very interesting stuff. Definitely. Yeah. And that's my other shout out to all you admit- people doing admission right now. Is if you're not reading, you all need to start because like it's a, it's a muscle that if you aren't doing it, it's really hard to sit down and read. But like you have to get into the, like you all heard Anna, you're at school, what, 12 hours a day most days doing anything. <laughs> Um, so get over it for those of you that can't do 18 sentences that takes minutes to read like ah half my job yelling at people to grow up like half of it's explaining the else at half of it is just like wake up like this does not get easier so you're an expensive you're an expensive life coach yeah uh, well they could pay more um (laughs) I I do the thing where like I do the course model which I think is better I I don't think tutoring because we actually met one-on-one I think very briefly because I had to like move a class and we did like a makeup but like mm-hmm. pay 200 an hour for that. Like, I think it's useful, but the, the price to value is just, I don't know. No, but I mean, people pay it. So at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't do much tutoring. I, I do maybe an hour to two a month. Cause like, I mean, I'm willing to do it. And sometimes it picks up if like I have someone who like really wants to do it. Like I'm happy to take their money, but I always tell them, I'm like, have you considered the course? Like it's a lot better bang for your buck. You still get a lot of like personal questions answered. Um, definitely but, it was it was the most affordable LSAT prep I could find for like the kind of LSAT prep it was so <laughs> yeah. well it's easy when you're not some big company that's like skimming off money for like I don't have to pay an instructor I am the instructor as opposed to like Kaplan or power score where they have to pay someone and then put the logistics together but yeah um, well I will let you get off to your I guess it's already like 4 p.m there so <laughs> time flies um but yeah, thank you so much for doing that.